Hello and welcome back to the Sports Babel. Um, this is the Liverpool title win and reaction podcast uh, with myself, Brenton, and another Jonathan on the podcast, Jonathan Higgins from Virgin Media. Uh, done stuff with the Red Men TV and obviously off the ball and news talk and stuff. Um, a big Liverpool fan, so I'm very excited for this. Brenton's going to facilitate and try <laughs> and try and calm us two down. I think I've just realised that I don't know actually why I'm here, but um, <laughs> I'm caught. I've caught myself in this situation, so I'll just go along with it. Uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, my pleasure. Any excuse to uh, to blabble about Liverpool winning the league again? Yeah. Um, first of all, um, how did you how did you react uh, at full time then when when Chelsea uh, beat Manchester City? It's it's a weird one, isn't it? Really, because <clears throat> excuse me, while that game in, it, in its, its in its duration was a complete emotional roller coaster, it had pretty much a bit of everything. Even the game as a uh, you leave aside the, the bigger, I suppose the bigger piece and the, the the benefit that it had on Liverpool's title win, but the game as a whole on a separate unity was was a fascinating game to watch. Probably one of the best games since the return of Project Restart. It, it had a bit of everything. Um, it was so dramatic, so that helped to it. But by the end of the game, really, once the penalty was scored, you kind of knew this is it. There's no way back here for City now, because it looked like I think after half time, City really put the burners on the, the Sterling chance around that time uh, before actually they, they replaced Chelsea replaced Giroud they were really really under the caution it looked like this could be City could completely roll them over but by then the penalty changed everything and then the, a couple of these substitutions pushed City back so then it was really kind of it was comfortable towards the end really um, you knew it was going to happen and I suppose that kind of triggered our emotions a bit more but yeah no, it was just uh, I suppose pure raw emotion every every sense of emotion that you could have in your body kind of went through it and it's kind of a similar feel I think for a lot of Liverpool supporters really that you almost kind of went numb with happiness and, and everything that comes with it but yeah no great great times. Did you um did you celebrate it at home? I was at home yeah I was at home so I had an early start the next morning I'd kind of agreed earlier in the week to, to do some TV um, earlier in the Friday yeah. morning, and it was, it was kind of, I w- it was funny because it, it didn't. I had to move a, c- a couple of things around, and it didn't really suit originally on when I was first asked. And I just had this sinking feeling all week. I said, I think this could be. I think Chelsea could really do us a favour here, so I'm going to have to make a special effort to, to do it. But I'm sure, like like you as well, I didn't really sleep much that night. It was just the pure adrenaline going through the body. So I'm sure I wasn't the ugliest, uh, or sorry, the, the most pleasant of sights on uh, tired eyes on Friday morning. But we got there, and yeah, no, it was, it was just it's just almost surreal. I um I got about two hours sleep, and only really last night was the first night that I've had a decent uh, stretch of sleep. Um, now I have a baby in the house; he obviously is adding to that. Um, but I just can't really stop reading things and like listening and watching things. Um, and Brent, you'll know as well, like, because obviously when Chelsea went through this and they won their first title, you know, you know exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. And we have waited for a long time for it to happen. Um, so just want on your touch on it, Brent, like sort of what what did you make of it? Like, and uh, this sort of the, some of the scenes you've saw, like, and, and we will talk about obviously the pier head. Uh, we'll touch on it because I think it'd be wrong not to. Um, but just how, what do you feel about some of the, the reactions of people, Liverpool fans you know? How did you find that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, as you say, it's it's a re- relatable um, because obviously uh, when we won it, um, first year under, under Mourinho, um, it was first time in 50 years and there was almost, um, it's almost relief 
is like the first overwhelming feeling mm-hmm. um, that I had, and I could see that in yourself and other Liverpool fans as well. It's like we're finally there, and it's almost you know you're looking forward to the next part of it now immediately. You know, um, the the salad obviously. Yeah, there's been, there's so many games still to go until you know the end of the season. I think Liverpool are the earliest are they to to ever win it. Uh, seven games left, something like that. Yeah. Um. So you know you can basically just go and enjoy that. And I know Klopp and Henderson, etc. I've said they're focusing down now and trying to get the points record and and things like that. Um. But there's there's so much pressure off you now, and and you can just enjoy it and then building on that with uh you know creating this dynasty that. I think no. Everyone's known that Liverpool are, are were going to win the league for quite a long time, and and then we had the break, and it was even longer. So, um, the focus for a while now, the chat has been on the the years that will follow, and and whether they can build um this dynasty that um I know people are saying. I think Ole said something about no one will ever do what Ferguson did, um. But I mean, this Liverpool side are are the best I've seen in the Premier League in a long, long time. Um, and it's actually quite scary, really. <laughs> Which is, uh, for ourselves, Jonathan, is, is actually, in, in a sick way, is nice to hear fans of other teams say it's, your team's quite scary. Um, just on that, Nick Bright was on uh, Five Live yesterday, and he's he's an Arsenal fan, and um, he was asked a question, is this the greatest Premier League team of all time? And obviously, Arsenal have the Invincibles, um, City have the Centurions and stuff. United travel team and different things, Chelsea double team and, and Ch- Mourinho's team. Where would you, where would you two rank it? And uh, I'll let you go first, Jonathan. Where, where would you rank us as up there with the greatest Premier League winners of all time? Yeah, it's it's kind of a difficult question to to answer because I really do feel like you're at the kind of start to mid of the road, really, in the journey of this team. We've seen Liverpool clubs, Liverpool kind of evolve over the years, and particularly over the last. 18 months or so and it's sometimes you have to take a moment back and just realise how good Liverpool have been for 18 months you like you just hear there's so many stats doing the round but every now and again you hear one more like for instance Sadio Mane who's been four years at the club he's never lost a home league game like stuff like that is just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and the, the points that they've gone over and but for what was it, 11, 11 millimetres last season, it could have been two titles in a row and you could have been having a hell of a lot conversation. I do feel that, you know, a good team wins a competition once, a great team will win it multiple times. There's no doubt Liverpool will have to go on to, to win it more times to be in the conversation of some of the teams that have, we've just discussed there. That being said, this isn't another Blackburn. This isn't another Leicester. I think everyone's reaction will tell you that. This You look throughout the team... There's a lot of players there that are very much not even hitting their peak yet. That will develop to get even better, and most importantly, the mentality from the reaction, even straight away in some of the interviews after the game. Obviously, you had the huge, huge emotion and that outburst that it goes. But it was interesting to see, like in terms of the ones that struck me were like um, Henderson and Klopp, and straight away it was like we need to do this again, we need to do this again, and knowing Klopp and uh, his his ideas and stuff like that, he'll be in a weird kind of way, the way things have settled out the last couple of months with the pandemic have have allowed him the perfect motivation. I don't think there'll be a, a second season syndrome, as he would call it, because now all he has to do is to the players, is, fans weren't here, it's been so long, let's go and win in front of the fans next season and there's your perfect motivation straight away. It's a, it's a, In terms of the, the overall question, how good they are, these, 
they surely have to go down as one of the modern day greats. They've been that good. Look at the trophies that they own at the moment. It's the clean sweep pretty much in terms of the top level trophies. It's only the seventh team, I think, to 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 do the clean sweep in in terms of European World Super Cup and National League as well. But I, I genuinely do believe that I can kind of wrote up in this after the Palace game before the trophy was sealed. That I think even at a club as uh, that has some had so much success as Liverpool, and it's frightening the level of, of success that they've had. You just heard an interview with Phil Leal over the weekend there, and like. His his personal medal hall alone is like four European Cups, eight leagues. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of trophies to have. But yeah. I do feel that this, as a standalone, is probably it's probably up there with one of the greatest achievements in the, in the terms of the league wins of, of Liverpool's history. Just given how far off the scene Liverpool were when when Klopp took took over, yeah. but I do feel like they would they will have to win a few more to be to, to be labelled a great great team. I've seen some nonsense over the last couple of days of. You know, this team is overrated. That's nonsense. But I do take the point that they will have to win a few more. And I, I firmly do. I firmly do believe. I think there's a reason why Klopp is going to stay a bit longer at Liverpool than he probably would have initially planned for. That he has stayed longer than he has in any other club is because I don't think he wants to, to move away. He's a smart guy. I think he sees the potential here. Um, don't get me wrong, there's going to be some strict competition. Even look at Chelsea, the way they've spent and they're progressing very, very nicely as well. And from an attacking point of view, they're going to have had so much firepower next season alone. Man City, no doubt, will spend. United are on the way back up again. Um, so there is going to be big, big strict competition. But I, I do feel that the, the potential is there for Liverpool to win a scatter of titles in the next couple of years and really, really... I'm not sure if it's going to be a Fergie mark too, but I do feel that the Klopp is going to leave a lasting dignity really or over Liverpool when he eventually moves on to that, that next moment in his career. Would you go along with that, Brenton? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think this team have really, I think they're just scratching the surface right now. Um, that's what I meant about it being quite scary as a fan of another club because um, they have, it seems that they've won all those titles that, that Johnny was talking about there in in such a quick period of time and um they're they're still like i don't think they're at the top of their game yet i I think they're still on the up and there's still more to come from them and and the fact that um when Klopp was um interviewed sort of straight after and he was emotional and um he's talked about staying on now for longer and now that he has seen uh what it you know, he knew what it meant to the club, and but now that he's seen the outpouring of emotion from everyone and, and the legends, when you're talking about Kenny Douglas and um, you know Carragher even, and and uh, all the stories that have come out since, um, I think that's going to give give them even extra motivation. And uh, as Johnny said as well, to, to actually do it in front of the fans, to go and win it in front of the fans, will be you know something else that they they will add on to that. Um, I think they'll, you know, in the next two, three years, Liverpool will win it a couple of times again. Um, and it's not easy for me to say that. I'm, I know that Chelsea are on the up and, and um, City will go again. If perhaps they're not, they'll they'll use that as motivation to go again. And um, obviously it won't be nice for United seeing Liverpool win the league and, and go on to win God knows what else. But um, I, I still think... If you see how far they are in front of all those other teams already, and they could be even further by the by the end of the season, um, I think they have more to give. And you know, we were speaking about uh, on an earlier podcast that 
they didn't strengthen really Liverpool. So if they do that as well, um, I don't know where they could strengthen, but if they do and, and the squad depth gets better, um, I, I think they'll they'll definitely win another two titles at least. This this squad and, and as long as Klopp stays, I think um, there there'll be success there. Uh, Jonathan, what number do you think they'll give Kylian Mbappe? <laughs> <laughs> hey, would, he, would, he, would he make the team, would he? <laughs> well, I mean, he'd be good in the Cups. <laughs> yeah, we might take a push to the domestic Cups now. Um, yeah, like that, that, that really is the only question you talk about strengthening it is. And I think some Liverpool, you have to be careful how you phrase your words, but some Liverpool internet supporters are uh, absolutely obsessed with transfers and are probably more interested in making yeah. big name transfers than actually success on the pitch and, and Klopp's Liverpool is an, is anything while it's happening and they're playing a what I would consider a modern brand of football on the pitch and they have all the sports science and all the, the coaching to go alongside that they're very much back to kind of the old school you you buy players that are the right fit you don't just spend money for the sake of it You've, he's no problem selling his best players like the likes of Coutinho that's the biggest sale he was the star player at the time um, he was just sold and that, that was it and on we go so I think maybe if you're looking at it, the, there is a probably a couple of areas to to improve the the, the squad. Uh, um, your left back still for me is the is the big one. Really, you look at the, say even take the the Goodison Derby where you pretty much by the end of the game you're down to a third choice left back, and they definitely really Manny's game was impacted because there was no runners coming from behind on the left hand side. So Robinson's miss was was highlighted a good bit there. Do you look at maybe another option up front then as well? We don't know what's going to happen with the African Cup of Nations in next year. If it happens in January, there's going to be a big hole kind of dug out of Liverpool squad, um, particularly from an attacking point of view. So the, the, the team of Werner one is the one that you thought, okay, that's the next step. I don't. It's never going to be a Mbappe, um, but there, I think there is the potential there for maybe an out-and-out out number nine just to kind of take evolve the game into a bit more. If, I think I've heard something recently, for, or read something recently, um, I think it might have been Lynch in the in the standard where he was talking about from the the, the coaches um staff they've discussed like the two high profile defeats before the lockdown were the Watford and the Atletico Madrid game and they were both games where the opposition defence pretty much sat really deep blocked all the space and Liverpool didn't have the player I think they, they just described the player as a player with unpredictability to do a piece of magic in that final third maybe that's a type of a player that, that they go for is the next step but by and large, I think he's going to be very, very happy with the squad. And it's it's hard to see a lot of big investment. I think he's going to rely on the likes of your Nabucatus to evolve a bit more, Minamino to evolve a bit more, and then the youngsters coming through, Elliot, um, Jones and the like. I think it will be the next step. I don't see major investment, I have to say. No, I'm, I'm sort of the same opinion of you. Um I, if you've heard us before or saw some of my tweets, I'm absolutely obsessed with Raul Jimenez at Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just love him. I love I love his game. I just Every time Troy crosses the ball into the box, it's going off his head. And um, I, that's someone I'd like. If, if you're going to... Yeah, he's probably he's probably not going to come and just sit on our bench. And Wolves... It's not as if Wolves are short of a few pounds, so they can demand a, a big, big fee. Um, but if you just look at and look, Dave Akarigi scored the winning goal last year, and and I adore Dave Akarigi too. But there is a noticeable drop off when you lose 
Mane or Salah. And, and if the African Cup of Nations does decide to go ahead in January, then that will put a massive dent, as you said, in, all, in, in any title challenge or um, cup challenge next season at all. Because just I just don't think Minamino, Firmino and Origi at the minute would be strong enough to maintain the the effort and the push that this team has done. You know, two defeats, two league defeats in two seasons. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I can see a bit of a drop. So that would be that would be a worry. And then it is who who you go for. I, they also, I think, John. I don't know what you think, but I think when they tried to furlough staff, um, which was uh, I didn't take it too well myself. Um, they've they've sort of shot themselves in the foot now because if they were to go out and start spending tons and tons of money, you're gonna have the fan base. Um, all on them, and they and they don't want more bad press. So I wonder, do you think that maybe will hinder as well some of the potential deals? I don't think it's just the the, the that incident as on its own. <clears throat> the yeah. furlough staff, obviously, there's no way you could you could be doing that one month and then a couple of months later just splash on the the cash on a, on a big name player. But I think there's no doubt that the coronavirus and the impact that it's had has a, a major major kind of damage and effect on businesses worldwide and football obviously being kind of a high profile high end money business has been affected probably as much as anybody and you're going to look at major major losses for for a lot of the clubs so the the, the there is going to have to be a tightening of the belt but there's so much money involved in the league i think maybe if everything stays on on par and we don't have the second wave and a uh, second lockdown and from now on we're rebuilding back to a kind of a new normal I think that they describe it as but if everything continues as we are and it keeps on progressing and the football industry keeps on ticking going maybe at the back end of August or something like that when the you know the income sheets are, are starting to square off again maybe you might look at an investment then but up until then there's no way particularly the way that Liverpool has run and FSG run Liverpool with, with no debt and no big crazy borrowing out of their needs, so there's never going there's never going to be the potential there. It's probably the, the one of the main reasons why Team Werner did it didn't end up joining Liverpool and has has joined Chelsea because they've had they have money available that they've been saving away from um, and a lack of ability of being able to spend the last couple of months. So it it is it is a kind of a balancing act all the time, and also you have to bear in mind as well. Liverpool have. They're going to have to play huge bonuses for a lot of the player contracts now. They're, the players' contracts are heavily, heavily, you know, bonused in terms of um, winning. And obviously, they've won so much the last while. There's going to be big bonuses to be paid out. But also, a huge number of the players are now tied up to long-term contracts, which is great from a footballing point of view. You've you've players there that nobody really is going to be able to afford to touch. But when there's no football going on, those wages that an expenditure has to come out the whole time. So there's a big, huge percentage of the income is is capped on the wage bill so there isn't really a potential to spend big i repeat the only way it can change is if, if things sprucing up a good bit and maybe at the back end of the window there might be a, a few bob you can scrape scrape from the back of the sofa and you know buy someone maybe a, a talented uh, youngster or something like that up front you know some um that'll... did you see Klopp's um comments yesterday with build i did that was that was interesting i, I yeah. don't know Sometimes I'm not sure if those quotes are taken out of context or yeah, yeah. there's a bit more to it. I, I One thing I'll say is I don't think even if we were interested in him, Jurgen Klopp isn't going to be uh, naive enough to, to leave it hanging on a, an, an interview um, someplace. He's too streetwise. Yeah. Um, yeah this was funny because, as you said, some of those... Um, some of our fans who are morons, I, I, I'm happy not to say it, 
that um just uh, like some of my some of my good mates that listen to this are morons and just want us to buy all the best players in the world and don't see that we actually have quite an unbelievable team in front of their eyes. Um, but just uh, Brenton wants to ask you about Klopp. I just wanted to say to you, ask you about um Jordan Henderson. Um, how good is it to see him winning trophies as Liverpool captain? Yeah, it's 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 absolutely amazing. It's I'd go one step more. It's probably heartwarming to see him because yeah. you've touched on players or supporters being morons and about <laughs> transfers. My God, some of the stuff that's been shoveled at Henderson over the years has been absolutely incredible, and that's only that's only the Liverpool supporters. Yeah, um, he's added. A, there's no there's no way of putting it. He had a, he arrived at Liverpool quite young. Um, probably a little bit too young from his point of view. Um, took a large while to settle in. Then got some very nasty kind of injuries that had just took the stung stung out of his game. Then he was played out of position for ages. But all you have to, if you wanted to, an assessment on the on his playing career or the importance of him to the club, you only have to look at two people really or two groups of people. One is Klopp. He's absolutely trusted with all his life on the pitch. And then the respect that he's, he gets from the players is, is quite remarkable. He's highly, highly respectable. Like Klopp is obviously the head of the management side of it. But then you have like a hierarchy of players where you're looking at the likes of Miller and Henderson and, and they run everything. And like some of the stories that you hear, I have everybody coming in to train a half an hour beforehand and all the stories and the extra piece of a, piece of a motivation and, Look at the the Champions League second leg uh, semi final against Barcelona last year. Like he was literally on one leg, he could hardly walk. Went into an exercise bike at half time, kept on jumping around on the bike just to keep his leg from seizing up. Took a couple of jabs, a couple of injections, and carried on. And then the performance that he put in was remarkable. The performance he put in, when you consider the the condition of his body, was even more so. And to see him. There's a brilliant clip of it. It's just from a side angle, really. Of he's out in front of the Kenny, pretty much around the halfway line. The final whistle goes, and he just collapses. His body can't take it anymore, and that's what you want in your leader and and part of group. Because I think we're lucky with this this squad that there's a lot of leaders throughout the team. You look down the spine of the team, and you can see proven hardcore warriors who will can play the play the good football, but they, my God, can they roll up their sleeves and have a bit of a fight? And they've proven they've pretty much win a game of football any way they want really now you can mix it up we've seen teams do every sort of you know physical approaches or you know sitting deep or whatever they did they nearly all seem to find a way so they're looking in that regard but the that level of performance is, is is absolutely hounded by and you know kept on going by by Henderson he's just been remarkable and by all by all accounts as well he's a he's a very nice fellow as well the work that he's done with the NHS arranging the charity money as well when they were Footballers were being lambasted by poli- by some fruitcake politicians as well is is, is remarkable <laughs> as well. So yeah. you know there seems to be it seems to be a bit of everything to him. He's you'd never say he's the most talented player, but like my God, did he does he get the max out of himself and the group that he's involved in? And I think we're lucky. And to sum it up, really, you you look at him now. We spoke about at the start how you know he's got lambasted by his own supporters, but now he's literally in the in the in the history books for Liverpool. Like he's. He's up there now when Liverpool win the title in 20 years' time again. Sky Sports or whoever's the equivalent broadcaster will be calling the likes of him up. We had, you know, Kenny, Sunis, Tom, Tomo. Yeah. These, are the, these, these are the players that he, he's at those levels now. And 
what he, the amount of trophies he's already won the last 18 months, huge, huge potential to lift a lot more and, and really cement himself in the, in the record books. But yeah, no, he's the, he's the perfect leader for Klopp. The only thing he needs to win, well, he needs to win the Europa League. Hopefully we're not in that anytime soon. Um, yeah, or the FA Cup, and he's won everything in club football as a captain, which is because um, he won the League Cup. He wasn't captain when he won the League Cup, but he won the League Cup, but that would be that'd be pretty special. And like You might know this, Jonathan, but I, Brent will know because oh, he's my brother-in-law. I've been on the Henderson train for years, ever since we signed him, just because he was so young when he came in and I just bought into it and just thought, this is brilliant, this young kid. And he always, every time he puts on that shirt, even when he first arrived, gave us 110 and I just loved that. And so when he, when we won it last year, um, I wanted us to win it for him more than anyone because he just, like, I just absolutely adore Jordan Henson. I really do. I just love the man the bits. And then to see that, and when he came on to... Uh, Sky Sports New Sky Sports I think it was the other night and you could see he'd been crying as well I was obviously in bits and my eyes were stinging and then I saw him crying I was like up oh, here we go again here are the tears um, so I, I cannot wait to see him do do the lift and um, hopefully it's not the last time he does it um, but I think Bretton has a question here for you about Jurgen Klopp yeah and I, I actually um, just to touch on Henderson as well I actually um, wasn't um, a fan of him. Um, I think I probably said to you before, Phil. Like I thought, I, I never gave him abuse or anything like that. It wasn't one of those guys, but um, I just didn't think he was good enough to captain Liverpool to win trophies. I just didn't think he was he was um, that player. Um, I didn't think he was that good. But he's won me over one hundred percent. I'd say in the last two years, uh, we started to see his leadership qualities, and then that almost it, it seemed to me that that almost made him play better as well. Um, the the leadership role kind of suits him on the pitch as well. So um, fair play to Jordan Henderson. Like he, he's um, he definitely will go down now in in Liverpool's history. But um, yeah, just wanted to touch on on Klopp. Um, now that he has come and he has um, definitely fulfilled his role, he, he's basically won. I know not the FA Cup, but he's won the the big trophies now. Just wonder, Jonathan, what you think his target will be, what, what his motivation will be now. You know, will he want to go and win a treble? Um, will he want to um, win more leagues? Will that be more important to him? Or um, must then going out of the Champions League, you know, early being the, being the champions uh, from the previous year as well? What do you think will be his, um, his target now for the next, say, two years? I think it'll be very simple. I think it's going to be two trophies that'll stay firm in his grasp, but he'll want to win multiple on there, the league and the European Cup. I don't think he's necessarily, I won't say bothered, but he's going to use both cups, the domestic cups, the FA Cup and the League Cup, more as that kind of development phase to bring through the kind of the youngsters, give the up-and-coming talents that we kind of touched on previously, give them more of an opportunity or give players that are maybe a little bit away from the first team, um, an opportunity. I think he's never going to really change from that. He's never bought into the the importance. I think both cups have become so diluted, and even I think there's talk even next year, isn't there? Even there's I think teams that aren't in Europe won't take part in the League Cup, or the, there's definitely yeah. proposals in, in place there as well. So whether we like it or not, both of those cups have are been diluted to pretty much not non-existent but they're 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 so far away from the, the top tier trophies at the moment he will absolutely want to win the league and european cup multiple times he'll probably 
he's probably going to be looking at it. Nobody's ever going to come close, but he will want to create something like Ferguson left the remarkable career that he had at United. That will be his aim. It's to, to just to rack up those. And it's not going to be easy, but the potential is there to win a few more in the next couple of years and really push on. And I think ultimately that will be his drive and motivation. Now, I think that's why he signed the extension to his contract as well. Um, because it was almost looking like he was going to do his contract and then move on. Everybody keeps talking about the Germany international job might be his, his last one or, or whatnot. But I think he's he's too clever to walk away from Liverpool at the moment. He's he's built the foundations up from blood, sweat and tears and, and, and everything in between. He's got a good system in play on and off the pitch and he seems remarkably happy there. He's so well settled in the city. That would it would take something drastic for him to move on now, but I think he really, really sees that he comes on and and takes this group of players to the potential that they have, and um, hopefully from a Liverpool point of view, there's going to be plenty of pots to celebrate in the meantime. What's it? What's it been like for you, Jonathan, covering this Liverpool team? Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I've been lucky enough to to cover Liverpool quite intimately over the last couple of years. In in, in particular, the European runs are just absolutely phenomenal. They're I I struggle sometimes to, even though it's my job and it's probably not the best admission to make, I sometimes struggle just to describe how, how special Anfield is on a European night. It's the old cliche, and I'm sure you, Brendan, as well, and other supporters of other teams, just to describe how special Anfield is on a European night is just, it's impossible. And every time you go there and you think, oh, it's never going to be better than that, it seems to remarkably another chapter comes out and it's even more special the next night. Um, that's been a pleasure. Obviously, being in Madrid, watching Liverpool um, win the Champions League is definitely a story to tell the grandchildren. Kiev actually as well was was a wonderful night. There's been, but over the last couple of years, particularly in, in Europe, there's been some special nights. Obviously, the Barcelona game, well, stands out because it was just so surreal and such probably unique in the terms of everything going right and that that noise that I heard that night was. I've never actually heard a noise like it before. Even now, talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps, thinking about it, what an absolutely rocket of a night that was. But even like still the, the Roma nights, the City games, the games against PSG, Napoli, there's been so many wonderful nights. This team is creating a lot of a lot of history and it's it's just really remarkable. And it's it's happened so you know in when you think about it, it's happened quite quickly as well, because it's not that long ago that everybody was slagging Liverpool and clap off. And do you remember those stats they're doing the rounds of comparing the win percentage of games between Brendan Rodgers and Klopp and everyone's calling him a bottler. You can only play one way. He's only good at hugging. It was remarkable, the level of abuse. I think Liverpool is always leaves itself open because, because of the way they are and the, the history of the club to be kind of bashed at a bit more. But some of the stuff was completely over the top, was was almost laughable, but it's, it's now a bit surreal. And I, I think I saw a stat earlier today I think it was in the Echo I think I read it but now he, Klopp in the last two two years he's lived, Klopp has won more trophies than he's lost league, home league games at Anfield it's just <laughs> a remarkable stat and the scary thing is I think from, from everyone else without going too overboard I think this team has the potential and Klopp has the, the potential to, to push on and win more but it's it truly is special special times and we're, we're blessed to, from Liverpool fans you and I feel we're, we're blessed to, to be watching to, to be working and and, and talking about 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 this team at the moment because they pretty do everything right it's it's not just we've we've had teams before doing well and you know get trophies here and there but it felt like once offs are really really good leave 
Istanbul in 05 kind of comes to mind straight away. It really, really got the max out of I won't say it was a fluke. It was built on kind of a large element of luck, but it was built on that kind of the stature of the club. I don't think anybody else would have been able to go on a run like that. The old kind of Anfield magic was kind of the dust was kind of sprinkled out and they were able to push on and get the max of the ability. But then everything went away, even the year with Rodgers that almost won the league. It, everything fell away afterwards. They felt like once-offs. This really feels like now everything is together. They're playing a good brand of football. They have a brilliant coach. They're very well set up on and off the pitch. The football and it is a joy to watch and it feels like it feels justified that we're talking about this team now you know everybody you can't really find any major fault with them so that's probably the most pleasing that he's done everything the right way it isn't like a quick fix where they've spent a load of money they've they've, they've taken the short and the slow burner and everything's come right and let's hope there's a there's a lot more to come right over the next couple of years do you find it hard in any way to uh cover the games you know, especially when you're talking about that Barcelona game, even though like it's 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 absolutely not my team, and um, it's a, um, you know, it's a, it's such a massive result at the time. Do you find it hard to not be a fan and to to kind of use that to sort of write the article or to do your you know to do your job in a way when you're surrounded by that noise, as you say, you've never heard a noise like it. Does it make it harder or easier? I I enjoy, I enjoy what what I do. It allows me to be in a situation like that where in those situations there is times where you just wish oh, I could just let myself go completely nuts here and really revel in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way I look at it is, work has given me an opportunity to to be at these games, to been to like two Champions League finals in a row. I would never been able to go for the money only for I was sent there in a work capacity. So th- there is there is at times, but I I really really enjoyed. I love I love what I do. Um, that Barcelona game, say for instance, everyone celebrating. I'm rushing off outside to 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 grab interviews and and whatnot. And may I say that edit was a was a challenge in edit put it that way <laughs> the first phase of emotion might might have not have been su- suitable for the national airways we'll, we'll put it that way but uh, they like there 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 is a like you, you guys will know as well like there's a it's not just the the couple of minutes you see on camera and on, on camera or, or whatnot there is a there's a good bit of roll up your sleeves there all late nights they're they're such short turnarounds as well, those edits. So you are you are kind of pretty much on the go for for two or three days straight. But it's it's super enjoyable. It's it's allowed me the experience to to be to travel like I've been in got an interview a good few Liverpool players over the years. I've interviewed Klopp as well. So it it'll all that I wouldn't have that this opportunity without that. I suppose there is times you just want to go and, and party on, even Madrid winning the winning the Champions League. You you just want to go and just head into town straight away. But look it's it does the sacrifices to be made really but no i i, I totally enjoyed and particularly now it's all it's a lot easier to do those things when you win than, rather than you so you got to look at it from that point yeah. of view as well but yeah no it is that's the constant balancing act what was it like um interviewing club it was a bit surreal um it was a it was a press conference here in, in the viva in dublin oh yeah jesus maybe it's two or three years back, probably even more back at this rate. I was relatively green in it, and um, yeah, it was a bit surreal. I had, Klopp is one of these guys that you don't realise how just how big he is until you see him in the room. But it's not just his physical height; it's his aura, it's his presence. Like he comes into the room, and everyone just kind of shirks up straight away, and you you watch him. He just has that. 
that karma or that aura, I don't even know the right words to describe him. He's just, his mentality is so intimidating. Like he just, he says something and everybody listens. It's, it's, it's hard to describe. And we've been in interviews with Mourinho and the likes and other managers. They, they don't have the same kind of been, remember even Mourinho was, was over maybe, I think United and Arsenal played, I think a game relatively around the same, maybe a couple of days before Liverpool game here. And it was Mourinho at the time. He just had to sign in Pogba. So, he Mourinho made like a comment saying he was asked obviously about the big fee that they'd spent on, on Pogba I think it was 100 million at the time and he met a kind of the, the stereotypical answer that he had to give what else could he say but he said look oh, Paul might turn out to be a bargain and this kind of skitters throughout the room I don't think that would ever happen with Klopp just to kind of give the example he's too much of a those eyes can give quite a stare when he's when he's staring at you you don't really you don't really mess him but he is he is an absolute fascinating guy He's the sort of guy that, like only a couple of weeks ago, we heard him give a give uh, Boris Johnson a good kind of string down or two, where he, yeah. he kind of put him in his place. But he can go into. I think Klopp is one of those guys. He's just a natural leader. He could go into any business workplace in the world and be at an elite level in terms of leadership. There, I think he's he's just one of these kind of all round special guys. And uh, for Liverpool fans, I think we're blessed to have him at the club. And he did a he did an open letter to us the fans um, in the Liverpool Echo this morning. Um, and obviously, he, he just has his way, as you say, he just has his way of words. Like, he can just hit the right note every time. Do you know, I haven't yet come across, and, and if you look back on it, people say, oh, it's a it's a cliche. Or when he said we're going to change people into doubters, into believers, people that aren't Liverpool fans laugh. But us, obviously myself and you, John, we, we buzzed off that, you know, we grabbed on to that, and now it's, it's come true, obviously. But, in the echo, he um, look. We've all seen the scenes that what happened uh, on Thursday night and Friday night. I people that know me, I would have been there on Thursday night, so I, I'm not going to uh, criticize anyone because that would be a hypocrite. I would have been down outside Anfield, or would have been down if I lived still lived in Liverpool, like I did a couple of years ago. I would have been down with mates celebrating that. So I can't criticize that. But the 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 incidents in Pierhead on Friday night were obviously took it too far and were too much and were stupid. And Klopp, he addresses that in his letter today. And it was interesting that he did, you know, that he made a point on it, like almost two paragraphs talking about it. And you know then that some Liverpool fans, like, so you're not going to be able to please everyone, but you know then that some Liverpool fans are going to look at that and go, oh, all right, then, yeah, that probably... Do you know what I mean? It's almost like he's a sort of a father figure over all of us now. Whereas, well, like, he's, he's younger than my dad, but when he says something, my dad listens to him. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's so weird. Like, my dad looks up to him and he's, he's like, well, he's... 16 years younger than my dad my dad's like all right you're gonna know about it. i'll stop then <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, it's so weird i just wanted to what, what you sort of thought of that when, he, when you saw that letter today coming out well as he seemed to always do he's he's his head's the perfect note in, in all aspects and kind of just touching on repeating what i said earlier i think he will talk about any topic and and give kind of solid lead and advice on it he just seems to be an all-rounder you know some people like you say oh they're a pure football in person and footballers are obsessed but he seems to just have the perfect outlook and kind of all aspects of life um very very shrewd and intelligent guy um he is and what like he has done he has empowered the club he's he's brought the place back at Anfield in particular to be absolutely rocking it wasn't when he took over um he's been mocked about certain things that he's done along the way but he's he's improved it and he's allowed some of the bigger occasions to happen by getting everybody on board because for now 
and it certainly hasn't always been the way well even in the last couple of years where you feel like everybody's pushing together at times they felt like obviously we had huge ownership issues and there was a lot of nasty stuff happening off the pitch in terms of the ownership and a good bit of other stuff but there was a bit of a divide between the playing playing squad and the supporters you felt like everybody wasn't pushing in the same direction but he's completely got rid of that and um, so much so that you take a even a league cup or an fa cup tie last year even take the shrewsbury one where he pretty much plays the kids but anfield is still absolutely full top to bottom roaring the young guys on he's just brought everybody together and that's been a long time coming and as i said he's got knocked a good bit like remember the crystal palace crystal palace defeat a good while it's a couple of years back now at anfield and everybody started leaving early i think when it was they went two one up and he came out straight away and Gave his point across pretty low. Everybody's for that moment. I felt very alone, and it goes on then, and it's a scene that you got mocked about. But the the infamous two two draw with West Brom, where Origi scores that last grasp equaliser, I felt like the game was done, and he does the the big kind of wave to the to the, to the crowd. That that got absolutely ridiculed. I've seen even up until recently, you've seen that mocked a good bit, but people missed the point with that. That was shown the difference between the Crystal Palace game where everybody left early to the air, you stay, you support the team and we're all in this together. And that allowed the likes of the, the Dortmund game later on that season, the Barcelona game, it, it showed the bond and the power together. And he isn't, he isn't afraid to even see him sometimes shouting up to the main stand, turning his back. He isn't afraid to turn around and if someone is not, if he says something that he doesn't like, he isn't afraid to put them back in their, in their box and pretty much roar at them. You remember the, the Crystal Palace, or sorry, I beg your pardon, the Leicester game, and the home game earlier on yeah. the season where we needed yeah. the, the last penalty, but there was a lot of moans when Leicester had equalised and he turns around, he doesn't even celebrate the, the Miller winning penalty. He's just roaring back now. That's why you do, that's why you be quiet. Like He gets, he just gets everyone back on board because that main stand, you will know over the years as well, that paddocks down the front used to be some of the most moaniest people in, in your life. Most you seem to go, to a, <laughs> go to a game of football just to, just to give out about things. Well, it's, I, it's I used to, when I used went to, to uni, there, yeah, when I went to uni, um, I went to John Moore's when uh, when Rafa and Torres were wrecking about Liverpool until Chelsea stole Torres on us, Brenton. <laughs> um, but anyway, and I used to sit in the main stand for every European home game, and and any I went the I went to yeah, every European home game, and then I went to a lot of the cup games and a few league games, but I was always in the main stand for any cup game at all, and. Yes, uh, there were a few money bollocks in there. All right, like, and I was actually in there the night the night Celtic beat us in the UEFA Cup. Oh, John Harrison. And, yeah, and like uh, even then, and I was only I was only a young fella then, like, but I still there was some money money bollocks. And actually, there was a fella was given, and I'm just going off on a tangent. There was a fella giving Emil Heskey dogs abuse, not nothing racial, thankfully, but he's giving them dogs abuse, and he he got he basically got told. Got told if he doesn't stop, he's going to end up in Liverpool Hospital. So he was, uh, which was a laugh uh, when Celtic were hoofing us all over Anfield that night. It was, it was a nice little uh, smiley moment during that. But um, yeah, no, it has, it has been so surreal. Um, it still is surreal for me that that we've won it. Like, um, I know my wife laughs at me, like, but I, I just will just start crying for no reason at times. And or somebody will send me a video, as you said, or you actually, Jonathan, would be sending me videos and then set me off or. Um, <laughs> whatever, or read something. Like, I still have so many articles to read about this Liverpool team and about this win, um, which I can't wait to get stuck into over the next couple of days. But, 
Listen, John, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Um, we'll get you on again when, when football comes back more and, and maybe um, towards the start of next season and we'll chat about, about other things. Or if we go on and break that points record, you can best believe I'm getting you back on to talk about it. Um, <laughs> so my pleasure. That, yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate it. And um, do you want to let everyone know where they can catch any of your stuff? Uh, I guess my Twitter, Jay Higgins Trees. So I, I usually ramble loads of nonsense there. It's probably the best place to to find some of my nonsense it's uh it's it's not too liverpool biased i hope say that tongue-in-cheek <laughs> yeah i try to be a non-biased and then the last couple of days i just constantly retweeted liverpool things and i know fine rightly some people have just either muted me or left or unfollowed me but uh, they'll come back Um, they'll come back but yeah john i really appreciate that and i hope you just like me you continue to celebrate um us finally winning another league title Number nineteen, and hopefully we get twenty next season as well. Let's uh, let's drink to that. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks very much. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks, John. Cheers, 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 cheers. So that is that was Jonathan Higgins was on the sports panel with us, but I'm conscious Breton has given us his time to talk about Liverpool, but we have to obviously um, talk about the Chelsea because you're on a run, son. You're on a winning run at the minute, and yeah. um, as Jonathan said, next season it'll be the likes of yourselves and Man City. Um, United will strengthen, we think, and, and they might come again. But Chelsea look really in good position to go on and do something, and 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 it would be. And this is, I know people listening to this will think this is rich coming for me, but winning the FA Cup and getting back in the Champions League, potentially finishing third, that's some that could be some achievement from Frank Lampard. Uh, definitely. Um, it's you know it's way more that and you know it hasn't happened yet. Um, but we, as you say, we are in a good position to do so. Um, you know, it's way more than we could have hoped. Than I certainly hoped for Lampard's first season. Um, we talked about it multiple times before. Without Hazard, without transfers, and um, blood and youth, like top four was kind of. Uh, the best probably we could have asked for with you know Liverpool and City being so far in front of everyone at the start of, of pre- the previous season. So um, yeah, we're in a, we're in a really good position. Um, we seem to have come back, um, you know, quite strong. Um, we've got the um, you know the the full squad fit. You know, a couple of knocks, but um, Pulisic come back in. He's looked really sharp. Um, you know, Mount has looked very good in, in the first couple of games. Um, and, you know, he, Lampard was able to make three changes there in, in the FA Cup at halftime against Leicester. And um, his substitutions have, have made differences in these games. So th- that's going to help the fact that we're allowed to make five subs in games with Chelsea's squad. I think as we've seen already, it's helped in this run-in. So um, these, you know, these first few games um against um, Man City and against Leicester in the in the FA Cup would have been two that we sort of looked at and thought, you know, a draw would be a good result against City and, you know, be a bonus to, to get through to the semi final. And, you know, we've come back and won three on the spin. Um and now we've a couple of games that on paper are winnable um before we um, have to play ourselves. Um Mm-hmm. Second last game of the season, and then Wolves um, last game of the season at Stamford Bridge. So it's I hope we can sort of be there before we play ourselves, um, and before we have to play Wolves. 
I hope we we sort of have it guaranteed. Um, you know, we've played West Ham and Watford and Crystal Palace, I think, uh, are our next three games in the league. So um, hopefully uh, Chelsea can can sort of get over the line. They're, as you said, they're in a good position to do. So I think United have quite a bit of travelling to do. Um, and, I mean, Wolves as well look so strong at the minute. But, yeah, you you know, if you're any of those teams, you'd want to be in Chelsea's position right now. Like, just... Um, that's the way you have to look at it, and hopefully they can they can stay there. I think and this isn't me being smart, but the, there is a the points gap is is so big that there's going to need to be a lot of things happen at Liverpool for Chelsea to maybe bring Liverpool back into it next season. But the mm. following season, when you've played Zayach and Werner in, and and I, as I said, maybe another centre half. I know Christensen was good. Yeah, ever, ever since I've slated him, he's been unreal. <laughs> um, you know, another centre half like a Koulibaly or someone. If you put him in beside Rudiger, mm. then you're absolutely laughing. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I like I am. I'm of the opinion that I think it, it's maybe one year just, and then you'll see Chelsea maybe not winning titles just yet because it's, it's took Klopp what four or five years to get the big ones. But then you'll start you'll start to see Chelsea really challenging and. And then really pushing everyone back again. And it must be exciting times for you because of what they've been through. And it's not as if you haven't been through a trophy this season. Don't get me wrong, you won the Europa League. And Chelsea always do seem to somehow find a way to win something. But it's 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 when it te- challenging for a title and, and obviously you want to add to that European Cup. And I just wanna just want to touch on it with, with yourself because myself and Jonathan have just had a, a whole podcast eulogizing about Jurgen Klopp and, and I wish I had called Finn Jurgen now. I really missed the boat there, like but <laughs> maybe baby number two we call Finn. But um if 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 Chelsea win anything with Frank Lampard, will that feel will that feel more special to you than anything they've won before? Yeah, so yeah. so I know the first league win, obviously, and I know what that feels like now, which is so mad. I'm so happy I'm able to say that. It's so important and it's so big. But like, if you win that now with Frank Lampard, will that feel just as special, or will it, will there be a difference? Or um, yeah, I think it'll it'll feel more special. Um, he's he's my favorite player to ever play for Chelsea. Certainly, he's a, that will Chelsea's be... greatest player. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think so. We've we've maybe had more talented players, uh, e.g. a certain little Belgian, but um, for me in my lifetime, he, he's he's the best ever player we've had, and um, it's I actually can see sort of similarities uh, to Klopp, and I don't want people thinking that I'm saying now that Lampard is a good manager as Klopp. He's certainly not. He's not you know anywhere near there yet. But not yet, not yet. The the fact that he's I'd say we're maybe like two or three seasons behind Liverpool in terms of what you were talking about there about building a team and um, it's taken Klopp that couple of years but um, as, you know as Johnny was talking about earlier on there um, you know um, Klopp has sort of went the, the slow burner way you know rather than just injecting a load of money injecting a load of players and, and trying to push through like one trophy it's like He's built a project and it's sustainable. Um, and as I was talking about, it's scary for the next couple of years because Liverpool have the foundations there to to just go again and again and again. And I think that's the approach that Lampard wants at Chelsea. Um, 
not that they can just win, you know, the odd FA Cup or the odd Europa League or whatever it is. I think he wants to bring success and sustain success to Chelsea. Um, the way it looks like Klopp has is going to do at Liverpool. So um, it's it's so different for Chelsea because I think Lampard will be around for quite a while. Um, and I've quite I'm quite confident in saying that. Um, but it's it really is exciting. I think it'll be. It'll be good for these players, like it was probably good for Liverpool, to get to a couple of finals. You know, whether it be FA Cup finals or, or you know, Europa League or um, you know, League Cup, any of that, um, just so they can hopefully taste success or you know, even see what it feels like to to lose something when you're so close. Um, because I think that there's a lot of young players in that squad, and it'll stand them in good stead. Um, it's exciting times. I think just this season, you know, the end of the season is so important to to make sure that we are in the Champions League again next season, again to give them another, give those players another taste of what it's like to play against the elite, um, and you know, then build from there. As you said, that the signings coming in are exciting as well. So it's all sort of good vibes right now, um, and I hope it, it can just continue in that upward trajectory. Yeah, they have come back probably looking the strongest out of everyone uh, in the league. So um, I'm I'm quite glad we were able to finish it and be so far in front because if it was, if you were like if this was the restart and it was actual a new season, you'd be looking at Chelsea now going, oh bollocks, right? Okay, this is they, they look quite quite ready to go here. So yeah, it's going to be so interesting next season when we start back. And look, I'm still not writing them off from the Champions League because of what I've seen happen in the Champions <laughs> League and. Look, 2020 is mental anyway, so you just never know what's going to happen. And an early goal, an early Chelsea goal, and you never know, like, it could start to stutter. Lewandowski might have something to say, like, but um, mm. it'd be interesting. Uh, we we don't have our own Jonathan with us this week, but he, he has um, he has sent us through a recorded message on the Arsenal because they got another win and they're through in the FA Cup to the semi-finals. So I'm going to play us out with that. Um and later on this week, folks, all being well, uh, we're going to have Miguel Delaney come on the podcast and chat to myself and Brenton, and that will be out over the weekend, so stay tuned for that. And myself and Steve, obviously, are doing a babble screen on Wednesday evening, which will be out Thursday, where we're going to talk about the NBA restart, some our top five teams, and we have some Cam Newton news, who has just joined the Patriots. Just when you think the Patriots are out of it, folks, in the NFL, they call themselves back into it. Um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that. Once again, thanks everyone for listening to all of our shows and I really appreciate some of the feedback we got on our shows, especially the one with Sarah Mulkerns last week. It was a laugh um, and she's brilliant. Uh, Brenton, thank you as always for coming on. And... No problem and congratulations again to Liverpool. That's the last <laughs> yeah. time you'll hear me say it. Yes. <laughs> um, well, it's just, it's unreal. Folks, thanks for listening. Catch us on all of our social media outlets, which Brenton looks after and I try not to wreck at the Sports Babble. And drop us a line if you have any questions or any topics you want us to talk about on the Sports Babble at our email at thesportsbabble at gmail.com. Once again, folks, thanks and good luck. Well, lads, uh, an important win for Arsenal this week. Um, the performance was 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 okay, I suppose, considering you know we we didn't play our full strength team. But um, Kieran Tierney was excellent. Joe Willock, Saka again. Um, Martinez and Nets have to give give the big man credit. He's been he's been very good since he came in for for Leno. Uh, 
his distribution is nearly as good as Ederson. And I know people will laugh at that, but if you actually watch uh, Martinez play, you, you can see kind of similarities in the way they distribute the ball. Um, it's good to be in another semi-final of the FA Cup. I think it's Arsenal's 30th time in the FA Cup semi-finals, which is uh, incredible, you know. Um, Man City will be a, a tough game, but, you know, we've we've beaten Man City before, uh, as recently as only a few years ago, um, in the semi-final of the FA Cup. Um, so, uh, anything can happen. It's it's just the magic of the FA Cup. Um I imagine we'll be at Man City and we'll end up getting Chelsea again in the final and we'll just have to beat them again and win it for the 14th time. So it would be, if we managed to win the FA Cup this year, it would be a nice finish um, considering the way the season's kind of gone and it would be nice for Miguel Arteta to actually get a trophy. Um, obviously, Brandon will, will be thinking the same for, for Frank to get Champions League spot and win an FA Cup would be an unbelievable season for Frank. But uh, we, we're we here to spoil the party, boys. You know, we've nothing ready to lose. We've, we've nothing ready to go for in the league now. So this is really our only route uh, for European football. Um, with regards to Guendouzi and Mesut Ozil, uh, not really surprised they weren't in the squad yesterday. Um, o- Ozil with the same shape that he's he's got a, a bad back, you know. It, it's quite obvious he's, his future at the club is over. Um you know when when it's these these niggles and these and the fact that the Arsenal Twitter page even had to tweet out why he wasn't involved, but never mentioned why Gwen Doozy wasn't involved, just shows that it's a load of nonsense. It's it's to keep the the Ozil fans happy, and I have seen this week one fan <laughs> fan uh, somebody tweeted that uh, they're an Ozil fan and not an Arsenal fan. You know that's that's what we have in the world today. But uh, Gwen Doozy needs to um, sort himself out. His attitude has been crap. Um, I've said last week's pod that um, I think Guendouzi's a bit overrated. Like, you can see the potentials there, but he's just not quite there, you know. He is, he is getting on like he's scoring, like, you know, double-figure goals and getting double figures and assists um, the past two seasons, which he's been nowhere near doing. So, uh, yeah, he, he, needs to, he needs to really take a look at himself and realise what club he's representing because... That that sort of crap won't be, be stood for at Arsenal. Um, regards to uh, Liverpool winning the league, listen, no matter what uh, people say or the way they're getting on, Liverpool have fully deserved to win the league this year. Look how many points they're clear. It's it's incredible. Um, some of their fans, now a small minority of Liverpool's fans have let them down over the last couple of days. Uh, I know there's been a bit of disruption in Liverpool and you know, fireworks being fired, the liver building and things like that there, you know, it's it's not what you want to see. Um, just go out and enjoy it. First league title in 30 years. There's no need to go out and, you know, destroy buildings and, you know, stab people and things like that. I think it's a bit a bit mad, but listen, well done to Liverpool. Fully deserve it. Um, I think next year will be a bit tougher. You know, I think Chelsea are going to come on strong next year. Man City will be back, obviously. And uh, we we'll just see how Leicester get on. Um, it really depends how Manchester United kind of recruit in the summer. I think I don't think they'll win it next year, but you know I think they could be challenging for the top four again quite comfortably. And whether Wolves hold on to their squad um, will be interesting. But yeah, well done to Liverpool and uh, lads. I'll see you next week. Good luck.